second, third, or fourth, but it's definitely the one. I don't think I have a click on. <laughs> I can turn it off if we it is on there. I can. We don't, don't worry. Want to click. Right. This isn't click. This isn't. Yeah. yeah. This this isn't click. This is for Hotel Transylvania too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Should we just get uh, into it? Let's do it. Um, Hotel Transylvania too. Lady. Oh. Go for it. Do it. Do it. Lady. Uh. Okay. Ladies, gentlemen, and gender-neutral fans all across the globe, welcome to the fourth Adam Sandler podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen and everyone else, this is uh, the fourth Adam Sandler podcast. This is uh, Hotel Transylvania 2. Uh, this is the movie that we watched this week. Uh, this is the one that we're going to talk about. This is the sequel to 2012's Hotel Transylvania one. This one. Sit down, strap yourself in. Here we go. Yeah, is there? There's no subtitle to it, right? Yeah, it's just Hotel Transylvania two, but Hotel Transylvania three. I think the subtitle was whatever, just whatever. <laughs> just whatever, man. <laughs> just whatever. Hotel Transylvania three is summer vacation. Just a little sneak preview. Oh, okay. Yeah. This one could have been called um, Baby's Day Out. Good. But then that kind of spoils a little bit what's going to happen the whole movie. Growing pains. Oh, that would have been good. Look who's... Mm. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Do you want to give us a little synopsis of the okay, movie? Okay, I'll do it. Yeah, I don't have anything prepared. Awesome. So I'll just try to remember what happened in this movie that I watched a few days ago that I don't remember. <laughs> Hell yeah, me too. <laughs> okay, so... We are kind of taking off, picking up right where the last one left off a little bit. Well, first off, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but I just want to say, if if listeners can't tell by now, we are just at this point fulfilling a contractual obligation. We have to finish these episodes, or we are going to be in serious shit. So, you know, cut us some slack. Give us another year. It's, yeah, our, our contract with uh, Anchor, they're like, you go, give <laughs> us the episodes. We need yeah. the episodes. Keep doing them. You have but the, to do them all. But the, yeah, but the cool thing is, I mean, I know we signed that contract, but at the end of the day, the benefit is a year from now, we'll be done with the Adam Sandler shows. And I know there's no compensation for any of the work we've done, but... I guess at least we'll be done in like a year and <laughs> then anchor won't be able to make us do these podcasts anymore. Yeah. Until more movies come out. Right. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. You go ahead. You go <laughs> ahead and do your, I know you had something prepared. <laughs> okay. All right. First of all, I don't have anything prepared, but let me just do uh, what I can remember about this movie. Uh, so this takes off. So where we left our heroes last, our heroes being Dracula, Mavis, Mavis, Andy Samberg, mm-hmm. Um, where we left them uh, last time, uh, Todd Dracula had accepted that Mavis. Uh, spoilers for Hotel Transylvania one, also, but I guess you could probably assume that. <laughs> That'd be weird yeah, if they made if a sequel. You're in here like, and you're pissed at us for. <laughs> but also, if they made a sequel and they're like, "We're well, we can't spoil the movie." Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> um, Mavis. Okay, so Dracula has accepted that Mavis is 
in love with a human being. Mavis and Dracula are both vampires. Uh, so now here we are. They got married. Uh, now they're going to have a baby. Dracula runs a hotel. Dracula runs a hotel. They have a baby. <laughs> I think the wedding's in it. Then they have a baby. Um, and so uh, here's the thing. Here's what's going on. Uh, Dracula really wants the baby to be a monster like him. But mm-hmm. they don't know yet. Maybe the baby is a human. Uh, and Uh-oh. I think Mavis and Todd are both like, well, we'll just see. Dracula's like, no, it has to be a monster. I know for sure it's going to be a monster. I have good yep. Dracula genes. Uh, yep. And so basically the movie's about, is the kid going to be a little monster or not? Um, <laughs> is he going to be a vampire or is he going to be a human? And they have until he turns five. Mo- vampires get their fangs at some point before they turn five. So uh, it's just like mutant abilities, but a little bit different. Yeah. And so the movie and apparently not a not a mutation exactly, just uh, you know, like the X Men, but something else. I don't know. I don't know if that would be a mut- I mean, it's a hereditary. Whereas I don't think the x-men were necessarily hereditary yeah it's not it wouldn't be a mutation because if the if it's it would be more like having like a red hair or something <laughs> yeah yeah um it's what is it, a recessive gene yes that's right i'm not sure i don't remember my darwin well enough to it sucks that they cut out that vampires. part where the doctor came in yeah where the where the genome specialist came in and like and explained all of that yeah. Um, that was in the director's cut, but they ended right. up having to cut great it to dra- get it down to the great hour and a half. scene. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, okay. What's so your name, the, Doctor? Doctor Van Helsing. Oh, that would have been good. Oh, no. Okay, go ahead. Um, okay, so in this, uh, okay, so basically the story is Dracula decides, well, he's just like, I'm going to make this kid, I'm going to, I'm going to, take this kid on a road trip with me and my monster friends and we're going to yep. make it so that the kid is exposed to so much cool monster shit that uh, the kid just ends up being a vampire. <laughs> I yeah. guess he's like, you're going to show your vampire, your monster powers. We're going to keep putting you in situations where you're going to be inspired to show your monster powers. And then, uh, there's some other plot about uh, whether Mavis and Todd are going to stay in the hotel or whether they're going to move to California. Yeah, that's really kind of like the tension running was... throughout. Like, yeah, well, it's like, oh, they might move if this baby is not a monster. So I need to make him a monster, not only for myself, but so that my daughter Why? and Todd don't move to California. Are they just worried that like being in a monster hotel is too dangerous for a human child? Is that kind of what it is? I think it's that, but also, like, I want my kid to actually have social interaction, and it's going to be difficult if he just lives in a hotel in the middle of nowhere, which <laughs> I think would be true whether your kid's a monster or a yeah, human. But that, it, it yeah. wasn't totally clear, but I trust the writers. I was like, there's an explanation, even it though I don't quite to see it. a monster. Otherwise, it wouldn't matter, and they would just be like, yeah. well, so what? He, if he, they if probably were fact, concerned because he did turn the, out to be a monster. Then yeah, they, what is his name again? The kids. Yeah. Baby. B- 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 
BB. Uh, okay, Bibi. okay, check. All right. I got Wikipedia open. You know I do. Oh, good. I never do any yeah, of these things right. without my trusty Wikipedia page open. It's a little bit... Not actually a reliable source, because um, anybody can just write anything on Wikipedia when they're on there. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I the guys that are like into editing uh, Wikipedia, I think they're... I think they're pretty on the ball most of the time. Okay. Yeah, you're probably right. Where is he? Steve Buscemi. <laughs> yes, Steven. Little Steven Buscemi. <laughs> no, I don't know. He's not in the Steve credits. Buscemi is back in this. Um, so Dracula brings along his friends on the ride to, to go... I mean, essentially, like, the first half of the movie is Dracula driving the baby around trying to scare him, and um, Steve Buscemi is playing the werewolf. Kevin James is back as Frankenstein. David Spade is back as the Invisible Man. And random guy who kind of sounds like CeeLo Green is playing CeeLo Green. There ain't no random guy. That's Keegan Michael Key of Key and Peel. Oh, my God. I yeah. saw that name in the credits, and I still didn't register it. Dang. Yeah. I think it's because he doesn't sound like Key. Yeah, well, he's doing a good... He's trying to... He's in the character. Yeah, he is. He's trying to be CeeLo Green, trying to be a mummy. Yeah. <laughs> that's a double... <laughs> that's like a role with two layers to it. That's not that's Yeah, no it easy really task. is. <laughs> um, okay, I found him. This is cool. Okay, so it's... The, the kid is played by Asher Blinkoff uh, as Dennis mm. Dracula Lagren. Uh, and so he's oh, described Denisovich. on Wikipedia as Mavis and Johnny's vampire son. What is a vampire, you ask? According to Wikipedia, in Balkans folklore, vampires are creatures that are the result of a union between a vampire and a human. Uh, Okie dokie. And what I think's fun, I want to believe that that's not in the movie. Like, they never call him a vampire. I want to believe that somebody who was editing this movie was like, yes, I know the technical term for a vampire human uh, hi, uh, child, and I'm going to go ahead and put that on Wikipedia yeah. because these people that edit Wikipedia, they're pretty on the ball, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like that idea too. Here's another tidbit that has nothing to do with the movie itself, but here, this is something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, I mean, that, that kind of gets us through the main kind of arc of the movie. I will say one thing that I was surprised by early on in this movie um, is the pacing compared to the last movie. Okay. Because the last movie, I, I think, takes place over the course of, like, 24 hours or something close to that. It's, like, Mavis's birthday. Oh, my And man, yeah. we just kind of follow that one, one day. Good call. Um, and this movie takes us through five years before we get to the the like main plot we 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 start kind of where the other one ended or or the uh person ended or at least like around them getting married i think um and then and then from there we we move we kind of jump into um okay they're married they're happy and then boom i'm pregnant and then boom we got a baby and then boom the baby's four years old um so and it wasn't like that's paced throughout the movie. That's just to get us up to speed for like the present action, which is okay. My baby's four years old. He's almost a. My grandson is four years old. He's almost uh, five, and I really need him to be a vampire. What am I gonna do? 
Um, so I just thought that was interesting and, and maybe not like perfectly handled, but um, an interesting it, choice yeah. to, to jump like that. Yeah, it was it paced. It was paced interestingly because I didn't the way it was set up. Somehow I didn't every time it jumped forward, like every time it was like, OK, they're married. And I was like, here's where the movie's going to start. They're married. Then they had the baby. I was like, OK, it's a movie about a baby. Uh, and then he mm-hmm. aged, he was like two or something. And I was like, okay, it's a movie yep. about a two-year-old. And every time I thought that was what the actual movie was going to be about <laughs> until we got up to him as a, uh, five, a four, four and a half, four yeah. and three quarters it's, year old. You sang five, all that. Five, I guess, uh, on the eve of his fifth it's like, birthday. It's like somebody describing Memento. I mean, exactly <laughs> verbatim like that. Like I, And then I just thought the movie was going to start there, but then like it went back and oh he God. was like talking to some lady and he was smoking a cigarette and then it went back and he was in the hotel room looking at tattoos on his body. Too confusing, man. Weird. <laughs> weird. Yeah, no, it was weird. And um, I think, I don't know. This isn't even whether saying whether it was good or bad, but I think most movies would have maybe done like a montage or something and they didn't really it was like a series of scenes yeah what they could have done is started when he was almost five and then dracula was like who's this kid (laughs) who's this kid and uh and mavis is like dad don't you remember i married todd and that's our son and then dracula's like oh yeah and it kind of does that like and goes back in time and then it just shows all that stuff for you it's like oh he's just remembering everything and then it returns to the present man that was spot that's on how i would have written Sandler it sounds like hello <laughs> it's only a dracula <laughs> now that's actually Ooh. a really good dracula <laughs> No, you sounded oh, like something. Man. I can't place it, but um, I know I can't either. Moving on, uh, to okay, so yeah, we got the movie set up. You talked a little bit about the pacing of the beginning, and then I think the rest of the movie is more like, okay, here's it, it, the rest of it's the single night. I think, I or maybe a few days. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we did forget one thing in the plot, uh, which is also that we're. Dracula mentions his grandfather, his grandfather, his father, his father, mm, Vlad, Vlad, uh, yeah, who is a fun cameo that maybe we'll get to later, but I think uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. And Vlad hates humans, and so they're very worried because uh, even though Dracula went on this like journey to accept humans in the last movie, he's like not, not my dad, man. He's old school, right? And uh, yeah, he will kill some humans. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. That's so he's worried about too. he's worried about Todd, but he's also worried about the baby. Um, yes. And so yeah, I mean, I think in, in in some ways, like Dracula is reprising his role as the controlling father. And the first one, he didn't want Mavis to leave the house um, or do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, let alone get married to a human um, and ultimately had to give up that control. And then in this one, he really wants his grandchild to be a monster and trying to, you know, turning someone into monster means scaring them. So he's like putting his grandchild in greater and greater danger. Um, Although the baby never gets hurt or anything. 
I would have turned it off if they did hurt the baby, but um, this is okay, but kind of just trying to navigate that and like, oh, what, what do I do? And then, you know, I think viewers are sitting there thinking, would are you able to love this child you know will you can you love this child as your own dracula on its oh. own terms oh I because thought, oh yeah the viewer's like god this baby is the most annoying little shit i've ever seen how do i love it i don't know <laughs> no no dracula has to figure out if he can love it on its own terms or if really what he loves is only himself oh dang that's true you know right and so to the extent that the baby reflects Dracula, Dracula can love him. But to the extent right. that it's different, he can't. And I and I think that's a real, you know, that's a real crisis. Yes, the for grandfathers, because he's not his, the baby's dad. He's his grandfather. Yeah. But. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. That so makes a lot more sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's about. Yeah. The new generations coming and being different from the mm. no it's not mm. um i don't know what it's about no actually being the same it is you know as, we're, as i was watching i wrote down i wrote down these monsters are total squares they are like the most boring monsters they just like <laughs> they just don't do anything cool they all just get married and <laughs> live the i mean they're just it's just the characters from grown-ups i guess it really is and, and they just and also they're literally. all so yeah yeah they're so boring yeah yeah which is not that to say scene, the movie is boring that has nothing to do joke. with the movie. that's that's the joke but it is the same joke from grown-ups it's the scene from grown-ups where they're like all sitting around and they're like haha when we were young we would gotten drunk and had an adventure well time to go to bed yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, let's t it's... let's toughen up our boys yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's the same it's like man monsters used to do stuff well time to go to bed <laughs> <laughs> i don't know but, see yeah. you later yeah and we talked about this in the last uh hotel transylvania one episode um too it's it's that takeoff on that bit that i think is starting to get a little overplayed where you take something fantastical and whimsical and wondrous and you do a, a funny thing to it where you're like what if the what if the unicorn had to go pay insurance or stuff yeah. like what if what if we <laughs> had sounds, a cartoon is that a dragon? movie that sounds great <laughs> what if we had a cartoon dragon but he just talked like a sarcastic like 30 year old <laughs> like real guy. What if like, he Wah. had to go do insurance too? Oh, you think dragons what just play fire all... all the time? I just like to play video games. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just want to go do my taxes. That's all. <laughs> Can I just go do my taxes? That's just like... a movie about monsters doing taxes. Yeah, and it's just yeah, I. It, it's fine. It, it's funny, but it's it's starting to, I think, I think we're gonna move into phase, two or phase three i think where people are like actually let's let's push back against that i don't know this is such a tangent sorry everybody but i think i i do tend to like fantasy films and i think my favorite era actually is the 1980s um, because i think that at a certain point the closer to the present you get the more self-aware and the more they're like we can't just be really corny and cheesy and yeah. kind of dumb we have to 
poke fun at ourselves and be aware that we're corny and cheesy. Whereas if you start going back um, a little bit, then they're actually just like, yes. (laughs) Yeah. This is magic. Well, I think there's there's also something about that time where it was corny and cheesy, but it was also real scares and real monsters. And I think that is also, I mean, not to say that like a cartoon from then would necessarily be unlike uh, hotel Transylvania, but um, I don't know. I feel, I feel like that's, that's another, a cool thing about it. The ability, the fact that they were able to kind of synthesize like, okay, we can be corny and we can also have kind of like scary moments and, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you want to go back to that time, the good old days. In all ways, <laughs> man. Remember when they We've could got, just uh, make movies without all these <laughs> SJWs coming and <laughs> trying to put people that aren't just white people in the movies. God, can you? Oh man, you can just imagine how Sam Raimi would have handled that scene. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Uh, yeah. They don't make him like Sam. <laughs> he's probably uh, good. one of the know. things we've got in this movie. Yeah, yeah, he's great. I think, I think he made uh, Evil Dead and yeah. some of the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, he did. I hated Spider-Man too. Hated it. But then I found out it was supposed to be made that way. Which one? And I still hated it. Spider-Man Two. Oh. It's the kind of like campy, or maybe that's Spider-Man Three. People did not like Spider-Man It's the Spider-Man kind of campier. It's too campy. Yeah, I think that was it. Well, that's what we're. Bunch this of... is exactly what we're t- I was talking about. Like, it becomes so self-aware that it's like it can't just be a Spider-Man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Just the wonder of him learning that he can talk to spiders. That's what the movie's about, right? Yes, that's, that's the, all. The it is. It's Spider-Man. a musical. <laughs> The original Spider-Man. I don't need people. I just need to go live in my cave and be with my spiders. It was so sick. The original (laughs) Spider-Man's Broadway musical. There was a Spider-Man Broadway musical, actually. Dude, that'd be cool to make a Spider-Man Broadway musical that really is about Peter Parker just kind of losing it and deciding he wants to go live in a cave with spiders. (laughs) And then, like, people go and try to get him, and it's like, no, no, no. And then, like, he causes the cave to collapse, and, like, it's totally dark in there. And then, like, he sees he sees light, and, like, he's he doesn't want to go toward it, but, like, something is pushing him, and it's the other spiders, and they're, like, trying to push him to safety. And they push him out into the real world again, and he's like, I guess I'll go do taxes. Man. The end. Heavy. Yeah. Good old Peter. Peter Parker. Good old Pete. Um, that actually made me think, because we're talking about this, uh, you know, one example that I think I did like the idea of, but don't actually know if it was good because I haven't seen it since I was a little kid, but the uh, uh, Lois and Clark sitcom, I thought that was clever. Uh, that idea was like, what if we made a Superman uh, TV show, but it wasn't about Superman, it was about Clark Kent and Lois Lane. And that's a little bit like this idea of, like, what if we focused on the mundane part instead of the fantastic part? But I think it was early Mm -hmm. enough that I think it's kind of... I still think of that as, like, that's pretty neat. And maybe it's partially because it's centered in a real, like, relationship. 
Yeah. Where, like, how... What is this? It's... it's. I don't know. I don't remember. The show is probably really bad. <laughs> I, don't remember. I don't remember, but... Well, I just... I remember being yeah. a kid and, and watching it, and I, I guess I, it had never occurred to me that the fact that it was titled Lois and Clark ought to be a giveaway that this is not going to be about Superman. And so I just remember being regularly frustrated by it because the moments with Superman were so few and far mm. between. Um, yeah, and I, I don't think they had. But the I budget. guess now it kind of makes sense. Maybe I should. Maybe I should revisit it. Yeah, know. that could be our ne- our our Patreon only uh, series oh, where we watch like all the Lois and Clark episodes. Um, yeah. Anyway, this is a digression from what we really need to be talking about, which is Hotel Transylvania Two. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of a, a domestic comedy, I, I think. That's that's really yes. what we're dealing with. Like these are yeah. the mundane stuff. It's all about domesticity. It's about trying to live your life. It's about Dracula, you know, in some ways fearing his own obsolescence, fearing the the like fact that he may not be important that True. enough for his his daughter to stick around or his grandson to stick around or whatever. Um, but also, you know, trying to kind of revitalize the the hotel to make it more appealing and trying to figure out how to use a cell phone and trying to do all that kind of stuff so kind of kind of similar territory i don't know that we've really we're seeing anything new exactly um yeah there's and a and and they, they occasionally come in contact with people who are just kind of like Oh, cool! Yeah, Dracula from the movies, right, or something. <laughs> so it's like he's kind of like, "What are monsters now? We don't kill yes. people, which everyone agrees is good, but we also aren't scary to people either." And that's kind of a bummer for yeah. him. Man, okay. Yeah. Do you have? Do you have somewhere you're going? Go, go ahead. Well, I, speaking of people, um, I, you made a really good point about the first movie, which was that, um, you know, you read it as a kind of example of a sort of cultural assimilation where humans are saying like, hey, you know, we're not so bad. Let us in. Let us be part of this, too. Um, and, you know, the monsters are like, I don't want you to be. You ruin everything. You killed my wife. And the humans are like, but look, we're really not that bad. Um and I feel like that's kind of the same thing this movie is playing into. Like, it's just, it's continuing to push that need to just accept that, like, you are, uh, you are different and you belong here. And I don't know how to actually treat you with the respect that you need because I can't understand that you're different, but I know that you're different. Um, which I think is typified in Todd's mom. And this is like, I think, I don't think the movie realized it was doing this the first time around, but I think it's aware of this like cultural assimilation subtext this time around, because when they go and visit Todd's mom, she is just like the perfect example of someone who's just dropping microaggression after microaggression. It's like, oh, Mavis is coming to hang out. Let's play the monster mash. Let's have, you know, a party with other by, uh, by species, couples one a monster and one a human um you know what kind of food do monsters eat this this kind of stuff where it's like oh i'm i'm you know trying to be a nice person but i'm so obtuse i'm actually offending 
mm-hmm. the person I'm trying to show respect to. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, it was like very, very obvious, but uh, I, I thought it was interesting that they're kind of playing directly into that uh, that sort of subtext that they had that had kind of showed up in the first one. Yeah. Yes, and it puts, man, it puts uh, it puts Adam Sandler and Kevin James and uh, David Spade in the position where they're the the like the marginalized other, which I think is the, the mm-hmm. exact opposite of what they are in every other movie that they play. Where in any other yeah. situation, they they're not that bad about this, are they? But I, you can imagine them kind of being like, "Oh, I can't believe I." I guess you don't say that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but this, it, yes. Actually, and I'm... your POV is, and the viewer's POV is the mo- is with the monsters, and that's interesting. And uh, I, yeah, that's interesting. And I, I don't know that this is the most like reflective bunch, but it's funny to me that when they're writing about monsters, all of a sudden they're like. Dang, it would really suck if somebody was like disrespectful of your culture and like even if they meant well they were like constantly just kind of disrespecting you and stereotyping you in all these ways. Man, that would suck. Anyway, <laughs> time to make uh the ridiculous Jokes. six <laughs> Time to make the movie where the Native American cast members walked off, I think. <laughs> That was the next oh. one. We'll get to that next time. Sneak preview. Oh, movie God. I don't, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. I haven't seen that one. Um, I'll redact yeah, that. That's so, not a true story, but I, I think I remember hearing something about that. Yeah, redact redact nothing. I think that's okay. good. Um, it's, you know, we got to keep them on their toes no matter what. So even if we're spreading uh, lies. So <laughs> okay. that's important. Exactly. Um, my yeah i think um so i i want to jump to the end because there's something i want to talk about there so just spoilers for the end here but um you know dracula's attempt to get his grandson to turn into a vampire does not work and so it's the day of his grandson's fifth birthday and vlad uh is invited the, the grandfather is invited and so he shows up with one of his like bat man or man bat minions um, who, and they're like the, the man bat is like obsessed with humans. Like you can tell he wants to eat humans. Um, and so Vlad's just like, wait outside. I'm going to go in here and, and take care of this or whatever. Um, they goes in and, you know, they find everything out, blah, blah, blah. Ends up Vlad's like, okay, you know, I love your kid. I'm not worried about it, whether he's a human or not. But in the meantime, the kid runs off with a uh, little wolf girl and Vlad's like henchman guy finds them and um, tries to eat them, I guess. Um, but uh, when he when he hits the little girl, uh oh, all of a sudden, little baby uh, Todd Jr. Dennis Denisovich, um, his powers come out and he is a vampire, which is actually a spoiler that you gave away earlier when you're reading the Wikipedia, but so I guess I didn't need no, to I do all that, but Oh, 
He's a dampire. And a dampire is a demi-vampire, probably. That's, I'm going to guess that's what the D stands for. I don't know for sure. Or maybe it's just like, oh, he's a dampire. He's damned if he do, damned if he don't. Oh you know God. what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's possible. And the reason I, I describe this ending is because it clicked, for lack of a better term for me, that this was an ending that I've seen in a lot of movies. The form of this ending is, a, is an ending that I've seen in a lot of movies, and I feel like I've seen them in Adam Sandler movies, but none pop uh, came to mind right away. Um, but the, the trope that I've, I've noticed, which I'll call have your cake and eat it too, is where a protagonist wants something all along, and then at the end realizes the value of not having that thing and accepts that they're not going to have that thing and you know feel like kind of feels complete they come full circle they're okay and then they end up getting the thing they wanted after all yeah and i swear he's done like 90 movies like that but i can't think of uh, there's got to be one but i don't know i don't know which one it is i mean i think in a way like his character's promiscuity in, in several other movies is kind yeah. of like that, where it's like, oh, I can like be a womanizer and all this kind of stuff, and then I can still fall in love and not have issues after I've fallen in love because I've become a I've been for the past fifteen years accustomed to like treating women like objects. Uh that sort of thing. Yeah. But it's not quite yeah, that I, way and like uh, this is like a, a a big plot point is I want my kid to be a vampire. He eventually accepts that he can't be a vampire, learns to live with it, and then the kid turns into a vampire anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally a trope of... Uh, yeah, I don't know what exactly an Adam Sandler movie, though. That's exactly like the... Probably... Yeah, I, I, it's so familiar. I, I can't even tell at the moment. But certainly any movie <laughs> where, um, you know, any romantic comedy or whatever maybe the featuring Adam Sandler perhaps <laughs> but a movie where like the character's like oh I'm gonna let this person go or something I don't know I don't think yeah, there's a movie yeah. like that but actually well, well I will like say that, um, I think there's a lot though I don't, yeah the having your cake and eating it too ending where you have this big growth and then oh it, also it turns out the cool thing happened after all. You get you get to keep the thing that yeah. you wanted. We don't yeah. I realized we don't need to win a, a bunch of money or the vacation or whatever and we're a family. Wait, yes. what's this? Oh my god. There's one last present under it's the Christmas tree. It's a bunch of money. It's a bunch of money. Fuck yeah. you guys. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. Um I will say um speaking of cake. Did you see him? No. No? Oh, shit. Uh, He plays the little cake monster, the little guy with the the candle on his head, and and Denisovich blows on him to blow out the candle, and then he just says one line and walks away. And that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, it was, if you remember back, I actually yeah, I do thought that, that he was in Hotel Transylvania 1. And mm-hmm. so I kind of knew I got to keep an eye out for this guy. And then yeah. I saw his name listed in the in the 
in the credits at the end of the movie, and that's when I remembered, fuck, he is in this movie. So this this is like not a. I mean, for one, I'm getting kind of lazy. I think I'm getting rusty. I'm not as observant as I used to be. Mm-hmm. And then for another, um, is hard because he's just like just like one line in the middle of the movie. You know, I'm streaming it on some random website where I paid for the movie definitely to be watched and it's just not great quality though. You know, it's just it's hard. It's hard work. So <sighs> Yeah. I'm not retiring yet, but yeah. I wonder his roles seem to be getting less and less. I know. Like I feel like I mean and certainly in some of them like was he's in the earlier ones he would have like a he would be a character. I think yeah, like he was Mr. Deeds, he definitely was a, a That's big exactly the one I was thinking of. Uh, yeah. And some of the other ones too. And now I feel like his cameos like for a cameo like this, all he would have had to do is I wonder if he would have even had to go into their like a, the studio recording, voice recording studio, or if they could just do it like at his home or something. Like Yeah. I don't know how all that works. Here give but um, pull out, send me a voice memo of you one, saying this line. Yeah, literally one line. <laughs> I don't know. That's interesting. But they're like, yeah, we want to keep this tradition going. We want to have Alan Covert do something. But so I wonder on whose end it's happened. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. Alan Covert's end where he's like, dude, I love it. I love that you still like making movies. I'm almost fifty. I mm-hmm. I'm kind of I just want to chill. I don't really want to do movies anymore. Yeah. And Adam Sandler's like, dude, just send me. Okay, I want you to be in this. I just need you to stand outside. And when Kevin walks by, I need you to say, you're ruining the country. Yeah. That's all you got to say. You know, like, I don't know. But I, I hope he comes back because it's always a pleasure to oh, see, see him in there. I have a feeling he's going to have a major role in Uncut Gems. So I'm looking <laughs> forward to that. You know, I wonder if it's Okay. Maybe we should. That's the movie. That's the movie where he gets bitten by a radioactive gem, and then he starts hearing the gems talk. And I think Alan Covert talks for all the, or most of the gems. That's sick. Yeah. Okay, you were gonna say you were gonna redirect us. I think I was. Yeah, yeah. I was still love about it. Alan Covert though, but I wonder if. Uh, okay, so this kind of, I wasn't sure. What to uh, do it whether to bring it to this or not, but to take us a little peek behind the curtain of how these movies are made that I was just looking up today. But ooh, let's just take a little peek here behind the curtain. Behind <laughs> the curtain. Um, it's hard because curtains don't make noise, but like, come check out my closet. The, the closet. <laughs> I don't know. That's cool. it's something That's that has cool. a door on it. Come into the. Come closet. check out my basement. None of those are expressions, though. Um, okay, so oh, I know that true. there was a little bit of tension around this movie with Adam Sandler and Sony Pictures. I know there was some leaked emails, and I think there was some, some. I and I I think I'll just leave that there because. All the some stuff came out in this big Sony hack leak, the leaking of emails or whatever. But you really can't know. Like I don't want to say like, oh I know, this party was right, 
and this party was wrong or this party was wrong and this party was right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know enough about what was really going on there, but I'm just kind of wondering if Alan Covert was like, if it was all about Alan Covert is what I'm wondering. Oh. Because they, maybe the studio was like, have I done this bit before? Also, I don't remember. It, sounds, it feels familiar. I don't think so. I just that. want to say that I love that people come to the fourth Adam Sandler podcast for laughs and, and, and goofs and stuff, but they're also getting integrity. You know, I think you're showing a lot of integrity because you could sit here and be like, you're not going to believe what, what Sarah in HR said about Adam Sandler. I have the email right here. You're like, no, the thing is, you know, we can't. Yeah. There are two sides to every story. The way people talk on private emails should never be revealed to the world. No, I don't know. Actually, there should always be accountability. Anyway, you always say, yeah. don't reveal anybody's emails and don't reveal anybody's taxes. Yeah. So, tax returns and emails. You don't want to hear about I, them. Abs- exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, oh, yeah, I just wonder if uh, Alan Covert, maybe like the studio was like, yeah, we don't want to, we, we don't want to pay this guy to, this guy sucks hey this Adam this guy sucks I know he's my friend yeah <laughs> I just want yeah and we don't was. do that for anybody else Will Smith doesn't ask us to bring his friends into his movies yeah. Tom Cruise doesn't insist that his buddy from grade school be in every single movie he makes that's why Adam Sandler <laughs> is cooler than all these people and that is way, exactly <laughs> right and and people, one or two ways, ten yeah. times cooler. Yeah, we're we're uh, people make fun of Adam Sandler for like going on for they criticize him for having his friends in his movies and for just like going on vacation and like trying to get a big paycheck for his friends or whatever. But I don't know. <laughs> Why Isn't not? that what everybody should be doing? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the very essence of nepotism? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He has a, oh, he that's has a bad a, thing. Oh, oh, no, no. I don't know. It's um, totally different when you're just making movies for fun. Yeah, and money. Um, oh yeah. Anyway, I that was just a little uh, a little thought that popped into my head about Alan Covert and just trying to unravel the phenomenon of of Alan Covert. I don't Whatever think we is, ever man, will, but I yeah. think we have to keep trying. We have to keep trying. We might. It'll be a big clue if he's like a he if in the next. Okay, so. After this, I think Adam Sandler continued. He made another Hotel Transylvania movie for Sony. But I think after this, he got a Netflix deal. And so this is the dawn of the like fifth uh, oh. Adam Sandler era in his career <laughs> where he's making movies for Netflix. And I wonder if he has more creative control. And I wonder if all of a sudden Alan Culver is going to be like the number two guy again. Yeah. Could, well, I didn't add Alan Covert did ex, did executive produce this too. I think. Oh. Or he was that, he was one of the producers on I, it. I wonder so if that's a job that means he has to do things. <laughs> it may not. I know that like in music it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're if your executive producer it does, but like you can be a producer because you were like sitting in the room with somebody and like, "Hey, why don't you do this instead of that?" Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, he could have been busy as hell though. He could have been like Oh, we gotta get, 
we got to find Selena Gomez. We don't know where she is right now. And they had to go. Yeah, yeah. She's, He's kind know. of like the wrangler who keeps yeah. track of all of them. Yeah. yeah. Also, he did all the artwork for the whole movie <laughs> by hand. <laughs> That's right. Which was cool. He's good. Yeah. Um, there were some other uh, cameos in this. Um, I mean, we've got kind of the standard ones um, mm-hmm. that, that I already mentioned. Love seeing Steve Buscemi. Love seeing that guy, yeah. even if he is as a wolf guy. Um, Molly Shannon um, plays the wolf man's wife. Yeah. Um, uh, Fran Drescher, Drescher is back as uh, the mummy's wife, I believe. Or, or is it Dracula's wife? Or uh, not Dracula, Dracula's, Frankenstein's wife. Dracula's wife is dead. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I think um, it might be Frankenstein's wife. Okay. Yeah. I, she doesn't have as funny. much of a role as she has. I want to see the movie where all of the wives go off on an adventure and we Fuck get to yeah, hear man. Fran Drescher and Molly Shannon make jokes and stuff. Because my, I bet that's going to be a little bit funnier. And Maya Rudolph, right? She's in it. Is she in this one? Is she the wolf? Is she the wolf? <sighs> okay, I got it up. Is she not in this? Dude, I swear to God, I heard her voice. Maybe I heard it. It was it was taught, it was spoke to me directly. It's a Chris. <laughs> Chris. I was like, whoa. Um. Uh, I'm I'm looking it up. He's not really. He's just tapping really hard on a card piece of cardboard. Dude, I, this is such an annoying sound. I wish that uh, there was any other way. Like, to, you um... mean to play guitar while you do it? <laughs> yeah, for sure. She's not in it. I actually, well, I keep, get I keep her tapping the, this one. Get, she's not in it, but get her in this fucking Yeah, okay, movie. so get Maya get Maya Rudolph in there and yeah, get Molly... uh, Kristen Wiig in there. And we got yeah. Molly Shannon. We got Fran Drescher. Yeah. I'm watching that. I'm watching that. No, Hotel Transylvania Four, Girls Night in. Fuck yeah! Um, I for sure. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. I felt like they cast these. They they had these good uh, comedic actresses in these roles for the movie, and they also had like two lines of dialogue in the movie. Yeah, and it's just like, and one of the things I liked about uh, Grown Ups, I think more of the first Grown Ups and the second Grown Ups, if I recall, mm-hmm. um, was that they did have parts where it was the grownups were not just the boys. The grownups were like yeah. everybody. And they had parts where the, the uh, actresses were doing their own funny bits and had their own little mm-hmm. like sides, misadventures and side stories and stuff. And I, they could do that for this. They probably had to cut it because yeah. of the time for a kid's movie, but Got they it. should yeah. tight, tight hour, hour and a half. Yeah. But yeah. still, I was just thinking like these, they have these people in this movie and they're not they're not quite I think they should be doing more. They should be getting to do yeah. more. Um Yeah. Agreed. Hmm. Oh yes. Anyway. Uh Vlad is played by Mel Brooks, comedy legend. Hey. What's what do we know him from? Was he in Happy Gilmore? <laughs> I, I I I don't have a joke. Who's who's the uh, who's the comedian in the very first 
Adam Sandler movie, Going Overboard. Oh my god, I'd love to see that guy again. I don't remember. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mel something. No, I don't remember. I just remember I said his name wrong, so it's like burned into my memory that I was like, <laughs> Bert, Bert Russell, <laughs> not not Bert Russell, but damn it. Um, no, I thought it was fun day. to. Uh, I thought it was fun to hear um, Mel Brooks. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Just I don't know. There's a part. He did a lot of the like, uh, Monty Python stuff, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't. I, I should have a joke for this. Uh, like, oh no, he was. He did this. He's. Other the, I, I would say he's. Now. He's. He's one of the. I, I would say he's the holy grail of comedic actors. He didn't. He wasn't in Monty Python. He was not. Oh shit! Shit! Sorry. He had. His, he was doing other stuff. Um. Okay. Uh, but I don't know. There's a part of me that is like, <laughs> just so simple that because I liked Mel Brooks movies when I was a kid, you just have to like put them in front of me, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I got to see him. <laughs> this is a good movie, I think. <laughs> Miss that guy. Miss that guy. Like, I yeah. want to buy into the. I don't know. I want to buy in a little bit. Just like, uh, and I, I feel like I make fun of people who are, I don't know, get all caught up in their their fandoms or whatever, but also I totally get it. You just throw a little Mel Brooks at me and I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way about Carson Daly. Like that guy, I'll watch anything with that guy in it. Did you say Carson Daly? Yeah. Yeah. For Just, sure, yeah. I grew up with it, you know? Yeah, there you go. It's like home. Yeah. Miss that guy. Miss <laughs> Me that too. Guy. Um, okay, well, what else do we have um, to say? I was just going to ask if uh, if Mel Brooks was one of the producers of the movie yeah hey why didn't he play Frankenstein's son am I right huh? <laughs> um cause he he did the producers and he was in Young Frankenstein I was looking up his Wikipedia and trying to make puns uh I knew I could tell rough. you were looking at the Wikipedia. At first I was like, oh yeah, well, yeah, Justin actually knows what he did. But uh, then I was like, wait, Justin's reading this. Justin doesn't know. <laughs> Justin, you don't know. I don't know. Uh, I've seen Robin Hood Men in Tights. I don't think I've seen, oh, I've seen Spaceballs. Yeah, I know I know Mel Brooks. I know Mel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 94 years old. Way yeah, to go, he's Mel. Old, yeah, he Kick- did um. One of his first projects was the uh, sitcom Get Smart. It's a good one too. Oh yeah, they did a uh, a movie of that with uh, Steve Carell, I think. <laughs> I didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't either. But I've heard of Get Smart. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, I think there's one other thing I wanted to talk about, which going back to that ending. Um, you know, if you if if I'm 
if I'm remembering correctly, um, the first movie didn't really have a villain. Dracula ultimately realizes, shit, I'm kind of the bad guy here. I thought humans were bad. I'm really the bad guy. Oh, but there was that chef, wasn't there? There was a chef, there was a chef. who who was bad. Yes. Um, but they, I think they dispatched so, the chef before the climax. I think so, too. This makes him kind of a minor, not like the, the big uh, arch villain of the movie. Well, I'll just read this note that I had that was related to Vlad's henchman mm-hmm. being super evil and needing to be destroyed. You know, mm-hmm. like he's the bad guy. He has to be destroyed so that everything can go back to normal. Um, and I, the note I wrote, which now seems to me mildly unhinged, is the bigot is the problem, not neoliberalism, period. Trump, period. <laughs> You just, you had to go there. I needed desperately to go there, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess just make of that what you will. We don't have to stick <laughs> around to see where that goes. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, another uh, another uh, segue here. Who's your who's your favorite character in this one? Favorite character? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know, but I want to talk a little bit. There was something that you oh. said earlier where. Uh, Oh, you you said something about being really being happy to see Steve Buscemi, even though he's a werewolf. Yeah. And I was just thinking, so in prep of just now recording this uh, podcast, uh, I did watch a few scenes from the movie just to kind of jog my memory of it. And uh, um, it's a scene like it's one, it's the action scene at the end. And like, like I said, yeah, just having watched so many of these movies, like I know that we're critical of them, but like I, I, you do get this like familiarity where you're just like, I don't know, I, it's fun to see these guys over and over and over again. <laughs> um, and so it's a part where Kevin James, his character Frankenstein, is running through the forest, and then he like does something, he like jumps on somebody or something, and I was watching it and being like, it's fun to see uh, Kevin James do something and then i realized that kevin james had nothing to do with the part that i was watching because it was an it was animated he didn't have any lines it was some it was an animation of frankenstein jumping and i but i was so like sucked in i was just like oh yeah and there's kevin james yeah it's it's good to see him like he's a pretty likable character in this movie looking good kev looking good (laughs) So I'm gonna go ahead and say Kevin James as Frankenstein. I did like him in this That's movie. That's good. He usually I did too. I, I, is a little bit too good, loud. Good-hearted. He's a pretty good-hearted in most of these movies, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, if, he, if that, I, I, it's a persona that he always has, but well, I think one of the things he's play, he's playing against type with Frankenstein both the character of Frankenstein and how Kevin James usually acts because he doesn't really have very very much aggression at all. I guess Kevin mm-hmm. James kind of usually plays that kind of character who's like a little docile, but yeah, I think that's part of the reason why he's fun in this because, for one, you expect Frankenstein to be rough and mean, but he's not. And then I think Kevin James can sometimes get a little grating when he's yelling a lot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My, just my opinion. My my favorite character uh, was the slime blob. 
Okay. I thought that guy was like the unsung hero of the movie. There were so many moments where that guy did something funny and I busted a gut and it was great. I liked that character a lot. And he didn't even say anything. He just had to stand there and be silly. Like the one time, so he wants to go with everybody in the car, but there's not room. And so they make him sit in like the sidecar and he's just like on the sidecar, just sitting there happy. And then they're driving and like they're going through the woods and all of these, they're passing all these trees and then it cuts to the sidecar and the slime blob is just getting slapped in the face over and over again by the trees, but his facial expression is not changing at all. And um, there were several moments I laughed at this movie and I feel mildly ashamed for that, but it was funny. <laughs> yeah, and you should. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, wow. I feel like we need to figure out, we got half an hour to fill here. <laughs> Or uh, or anchor's oh. not going to count this as a real oh. episode. Oh God, it's true. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, well, yeah. I will say when you know, one last thing. I yeah. think this is the last thing I want to say is I I want to know when Dracula's going to learn because the first movie was I'm going to try to manipulate my daughter. The second movie is Hey Todd, help me manipulate oh, my daughter. Yeah. It's like, dude, c- dude, dude, come on, man. Like, it's twenty. It's the twenty first century. Well, he's an old he's an old guy. That's true. He's like a hundred. Yeah. He doesn't know any better. Yeah. Um I yeah. We could talk about the animation. I thought last time we talked a little bit about the animation. You're shaking your head. <laughs> we can talk about the animation. Let's do it. Or we, you know, we could just keep an eye on the time and end a little early for our our wonderful viewers. No, no, no. They come for the whole. Tell me about package. the animation though, because I, you know what? Okay, I want to tell you something that happened. Okay. Watching this movie, I was watching it on a streaming site, and the quality was awful. Yeah. Halfway through the movie, like forty-five minutes in exactly, it just stops playing. I'm like, damn it. So then I go and I'm like trying to find another site. Found another site. And it was in like HD and it was pristine and it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was like, I feel like this is like a really good file from like a, a pirate pirating type of thing, you know, like would like if somebody were to pirate a movie, um, but it was just a stream and it was really, really good. Damn. Yeah. That's great. I assume that it was because you bought the movie. Both times I bought it, and the first right. one was bad, and then the second one was really good. Yeah. Which is so it's nothing to actually brag about. I just got a normal, high quality HD yeah, the, uh, copy of it. For I yeah. paid twenty dollars for it. To, I rented it for twenty four hours. Yeah. The first. Really one wish was a, Anchor was paying us. Yeah, the first one was a VHS that had been taped off the TV at the highest at the setting where you get the most um there was a setting when you could tape stuff off the tv on vhs's where if you set it to a, one way the tape would only be two hours and it'd be really good quality and if you set it another way the tape would be six hours but the quality would be shitty and uh, uh. i just remember my dad we would get free movie uh previews of channels so like we didn't have hbo but we'd get a preview of hbo every like once a year or something and so we tape a bunch of things 
And so we had like these tapes that had like three or four movies on them. And, uh, but really poor quality. Yeah, it was, it was watchable. It was for sure watchable. Yeah. So. That's what, uh, so anyway. yeah, this was like probably the last movie that Sony did like that, where they were like, hey, let's go ahead and make some really shitty VHS copies of it too, just so people have them if they want them. And so I'd bought a VHS. It didn't, obviously, like I said, didn't work out. And so I uh, just bought an HD DVD of it. They still make those <laughs> and played it, on, played it on my HD DVD player. Yeah. My ex, Man, it took my you Xbox. forever because you kept having to put in orders. Yeah. For these things. It yeah. really sucked. Yeah. Um, Thank God for two-day shipping, though. So I, I, I'm with you. I think we, we could maybe shoot for a, a little bit of a shorter episode. What do you call that? Like All a, right. Uh, an EP. An EP. This is more like an EP. Some of ours are LPs. I think the last yeah. one might have been a double LP. It's like an EP, you know, uh, and but I, so the last thing I was gonna say about the animation, just because it is an animator that I do like, uh, though I have yet to learn how to pronounce his name, but it's either Gendy or Gendy Tartakovsky uh, mm. of uh, Samurai Jack, Dexter's Lab, yeah, some others. Uh, Did he do Powerpuff Girls? I don't. He wasn't the show runner, but I, I think he okay. was involved. Okay. I think. Um, and in the last one, I said that even though I think he has a very distinct style, and I'd heard that Hotel Transylvania retains some of that style. In the last one, I was like, I really don't see it. And in this one, I could see it a little bit more. I could see how creative the motion of the movie was, some of the colors and backgrounds some of the facial expressions. I could see it a little bit more. I do think that there's a few things that detract from that feeling of watching like of stylized animation that make it closer to just like watching every other animated movie yeah, that comes yeah. out that's all in that like CGI, 3D uh, shapes and stuff. Just like Frozen or any of the DreamWorks ones or anything. But... And so it does end up feeling more like that than like an individualistic uh, stylized project. But I could see it a little bit more in this one, so I just wanted to shout that out a little bit. Um, and I think some of it's the soundtrack, too. I was listening, like, I, I think these movies have kind of generic soundtracks, to, even though uh, the guy who does the soundtrack is, uh, he does a lot of movie soundtracks, but he's also, he's, what is it, Mark, Mark Mothersburg or something? How do you say I'm that? I'm not sure. God, where's the where's the Wikipedia page when you need it? Uh, he's from Devo. Mm. It is Mark Mother's... Oh. Bo. I don't know how you oh, say Oh, Mark. Name, yeah, I thought, Devo, you, I thought so. you said Bark. But I think... Anyway, another creative guy, but... I, <laughs> another creative guy did. whose hands were tied, who was yeah. bound and gagged and thrown in a closet for four days and... Yeah. And got paid by Sony for exactly coming up with the soundtrack. Exactly. No, it just yeah. it just the soundtrack's a little bit it's it's not like too weird. It's maybe there I don't know. The part that I was watching today, I was just like, Oh, this could just be like any kids movie soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Just little things. It's like I know these guys 
have these really idiosyncratic styles, but maybe they're just not. Did Selena Gomez sing on this one? Did Selena Gomez sing on this? She was doing the soundtrack. She's going. Well, because she had like several songs. She had like Zing. She had like I'm like a bird. Yeah, on the first one, and she was like, Daddy, don't preach. Papa, don't preach. You know, she did like a bunch of different songs, didn't she? But this one, I don't think she sang at all. I, and CeeLo Green wasn't in it. I think they were just like, the first one had a lot of music in it. Let's kind of pretend we're going to have some music, and every now and then people will start like dancing and stuff, <laughs> but let's not actually do a song. Yeah. Let's not do music in this one. Yeah, there was some song about being in love with a monster or something. Yeah. Could have been, had involvement of Selena Gomez, but I think it didn't. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. What's next on the uh, the old docket for us, Chris? Ridiculous six. Ridiculous six. Well, looking forward to that one. Um, if anybody has any questions or concerns or complaints ahead of time, um, they can always reach us at our email address, which is four as podcast at gmail dot com. That's the number four and the letters as podcast at gmail dot com. Um, we're always happy to to hear from you. Always happy to read your email aloud. And every um, every few episodes, we pick one lucky winner um, to be featured in our email spot. Um, and uh, <laughs> let me just say, if you uh, shoot us an email, it might get read on air, and you never know where what that could lead to. You know, Adam Sandler's lying on the beach one day. He decides to listen to a podcast. He listens to this one. He hears your email. It's hilarious. He's like, oh, I got to get this person on my um next movie i'm doing hotel transylvania 7 and i gotta get this person they're gonna be the new cake monster (laughs) so that could be you so just write us for sure yeah i mean if you want to i don't even care but please all right we got anything else we didn't recommend say whether we recommend it or not oh yeah do you recommend it as a sequel i think this resists an easy answer for that so i will pass well, okay, that's the coolest answer you could give. We should have just been passing the whole time. Yeah, really. every single <laughs> movie, just pass. I can't. I really can't say. It's a real toss-up. It just depends. I got to say pass. Yeah. Um, I will say. I will say that if you are going to watch an Adam Sandler sequel. This is a pretty good one to watch. Yeah, I think absolutely. you're probably going to enjoy this one more than you would enjoy any of his other movies that have sequels, which I'm thinking is only Grown Ups 2. Uh, Punch Drunk Love 2 and Grown Ups 2. Yeah. So yeah. I would say go for it. Um, if you like cart- if you liked Hotel Transylvania and you want to know what happened to the characters, yeah. watch this. Of course. If you love vampires, watch this. If you want to watch a really good movie like a really good movie punch drunk love too 
Oh my god, it's coming. It better. Yeah, I think it, that'd be great. If yeah. P.T. Anderson just did all of sequels to all his movies, Boogie Nights 2, Magnolia 2, There Will Be Blood 2. Mm-hmm. Man, that could be cool. That would be, that would rule. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all winding down for the night over here on the fourth Adam Sandler <laughs> podcast. We hope you've enjoyed yourselves. Take care of yourself out there. The night's cold and the days are long. And we hope to see you back here real soon. Until then, hibbity-dibbity. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I want Mommy, I'm too old are. for lullabies. What? That's not how that one goes. This is the way most people sing it. Most people? What's wrong with suffer, suffer, scream in pain? Blood is spilling from your brain. Daddy. Come on, you know how I sang it to you. Zombies know you like a plum. Piercing cries and you succumb. Suffer, suffer, scream in pain. You will never...